Just a reminder that May 7th isn't just Derby Day. It's Monmouth Park opening day, and what a meet it's going to be. The crop rule, it's been updated. Crops are allowed, now consistent with the HISA rule. That's good news for horse players. Going to be live racing Saturday and Sunday in May. On June 3rd, they go Friday through Sunday. Opening day this Saturday, special 2 p.m. post time, 12.15 every weekend, 2 p.m. on Fridays. Huge contest coming up on June 4th. Circle that date. That's the $2,000 pick your prize. I'll be there. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Also, just note for on-site customers for now, Big Stodds Wagerings here, more about that elsewhere. And we're still going to be doing a lot to promote Monmouth Parks. Win early, 50-cent pick five, the nation's earliest pick five. Uh, win early, win often with Monmouth, Monmouth Parks. Win early, 50-cent pick five. Go to monmouthpark.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to the In The Money Players podcast. This is a special show for Monmouth opening day on Saturday, May 7th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, far from the Brooklyn bunker. I'm in the bluegrass and I'm actually at lovely Mill Ridge Farm right now. What a beautiful bucolic place this is. But this is the kind of weekend where I wish I could be multiple places in once. I definitely would love to be at Monmouth. There's a lot going on there. New giant video screen that makes every seat seem like front row. We'll talk about that one. The advent of fixed odds betting and the return of the early pick five with its player-friendly terms that we're going to be chatting about as well. Very pleased to be joined by two guests. We'll start off by introducing the man who uh, I'm very grateful to for lightening my workload this week, hosting the late week show. You know him from his own podcast, Redboard Rewind, and the great stuff he does at Handy underscore capper on Twitter. He's my guy, Spencer Luganbuehl. How are things? I'm good, Pete. You're gonna owe me a couple bourbons up in Toga now, just for this uh, this lightening the workload stuff. <laughs> no problem. We can arrange that. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe we'll take the boat down from Saratoga and uh, and and hit a little bit of Mammoth. One thing I'm already looking forward to, Spencer, is the fact that Mammoth is going to be racing on Mondays in August. I'm planning the party bus with. Maybe I'll even brew some beer. We can take down with us on the party bus while we head down on on Mondays and check out Mammoth Park. It's going to be a lot of fun. They're doing some creative things wagering wise as well. Going to be doing a pick four with our friends at Colonial. Going to be a lot of action to get into along the Eastern Seaboard. And the big news for me about this Mammoth meet. First time in a century, fixed odds betting. It's been rumored for a couple of years. I think the first time I spoke to this next guest it was in about June of 2020, and fixed odds betting was just around the corner. Well, we've turned that corner 
It's here as of Saturday from BetMakers. This is Dallas Baker. What's up, buddy? Oh, mate, great to be speaking about it actually happening, Pete. It's been a long road, but the road, the long road has been necessary. Um, you know, I mean, as you know, we were hoping to get it up and running a long time before, but the most important thing was making sure that we had everything buttoned down from the regulatory point of view to make sure, to essentially ensure the industry gets the best returns out of it whilst creating the maximum customer experience. So it has taken a little bit of time and obviously we delayed it to uh, to to link in with the start of the mom of the season coming on Saturday and can't wait, mate. I've, uh, we've been talking about it for a long, long time and uh, it's, it's great to be actually talking about it happening rather than talking about it in theory. So let's get it on and let's start Let's start talking about the real fun of it, which is getting down and having a bet on it. Happy days as far as that goes. And we're going to make a little bit of history on the podcast here today, something we like to do. Um, we've, we've done it before. I don't want to brag too much. We've done it before. Uh, the, the history making stuff, but hey, let, let's let's do it in terms of announcing these first fixed odds prices in over a century. As we said, Dallas, you're going to talk to these early pick five races from more of a fixed odds point of view. Spencer, you're going to guide us through a little bit more in terms of main horses and backups to use in the early pick five. We're going to get the whole thing covered. But of course, betmakers involved on the pool betting side too. Uh, you, you mentioned the user experience at Monmouth. It's going to be improved in several ways this meet. We talked about the video screens. What about the new betting machines, Dallas? When when can we expect to see those? Yeah, it's been a huge off-season here at Monmouth, and I think it just shows the power of what fixed odds is going to bring to the U.S. racing industry, Pete. Obviously, we're the piece of the puzzle that sits between the bookmakers and the uh, and the track, but uh, obviously we have a significant interest in it. So the, this big screen has been about a $2 million spend, and we'll Regular race guys are just going to be blown away by it. I, I walked out and started bawling my eyes out when I saw it for the first time last week. It's just amazing. And then when it lights up, oh, my God, they have done the most sensational job, the team from Big Screen Video, um, and it's just going to be an enormous experience here. But we've also spent over probably a million, a million dollars when the um, – when the rollout is done on brand new tote terminals. I don't think you've heard that term too often in the US for a while. So the the ones that have, they've been, they've been good old girls, the, uh, the machines, they've lasted their time, but it's time for them to go out to pasture now. And so we'll only have, um, obviously being um, Derby Day and opening day, there's a few balls in the air. So we're only going to probably have um, a dozen, 15 of or so scattered around the course. But in the coming weeks, uh, the old machines will be, um, you know, that we'll give them one or two runs this campaign, let them, let them, let them, let them wave to the crowd and get their final, uh, final goodbyes, and then bring in the uh, the new up and coming, uh, up and coming two year olds now into the paddock. So, uh, yeah, so out with the old, in with the new. So yeah, that'll that'll also be a, a huge feature. Uh, and it's not just that they look better; they also they also do things a lot better too. Um, eventually, you'll be able to bet fixed odds and tote on the same thing, and then in jurisdictions where you can, you'll be able to bet fixed odds tote and sports as well too on them so we've spent a lot of money um a lot of money bringing it into it when we when we acquired Sportech last uh, year that was one of the first things we said we want to really improve the tech and really improve the user experience to bring it up to our 2022 standard so that's going to be another feature which you know some people will be able to play with on the weekend but keep an eye out on for that not just at Monmouth Park for all but for all of our partners as um as we start rolling them out over the next few months the Monmouth meet kicks off with race number one at two o'clock on Saturday. We've got three and up fillies and mares, maiden special weights going six furlongs on the dirt. Spencer Luganbuehl, from an early pick five perspective, how are we going to light this candle? We're going to go too deep in this first one. I'm going to start off using the rail horse, Practical Polly. For people who 
haven't ever handicapped Mammoth or are looking to this opening weekend. Mammoth for me is a big speed favoring course. This one didn't show speed first time out, so maybe we will see a little bit more speed from this three-year-old filly. I just like the fact going away from Carlos David, but Jeffrey Englehart, no slouch, 25%. And the first time with a new trainer, 16%. The first number was fine. The buyer par is a 60, a 68 to a 73 for me. I think with a little bit of improvement, this one might be able to slice up the toe board. I'm just afraid to not just only take number five world traveler for Gregory Sacco, Paco Lopez. 64 was the opening uh, buyer for this one on debut. Just didn't show a lot of speed, which I know can be very dangerous, will be dangerous for betting short price horses. Third by 11. I'm going to use world traveler as a B and practical Paulie number one as an A to start off this pick five. All right, Dallas, let's bring you in. And I'm going to ask you two sort of separate questions. Um, one, very curious to know how short you guys plan on opening up this presumptive favorite world traveler listed at three to two on the morning line. Also curious as somebody who does this for a living and studies prices, if, if you have a betting recommendation in this race. Mate, well, I can say to let you know, though, obviously no surprise to be starting with a Paco Lopez favorite, um, favorite at Monmouth. Now, one thing I should say, Pete, we're going to be, the, the fixed odds are going to be displayed in decimal odds. So what I'll do is I'll say the decimal odds and then what the fractional odds to ma- to maintain it. Now, decimal odds is the easiest way to calculate odds. Basically, what you get back is the what the what the price is showing times your stake. So if if it's two dollars, you have ten dollars on it, you return twenty dollars for a ten dollar win. So that's the language. We we know that that's going to be a little bit confusing to start with, but we also knew that that's where we'd end up. So we might as well, if we're starting something new, we might as well go with what we believe is the most simplistic method. Now, my personal favorite is fractional odds because I'm an old dinosaur who loves fractional odds. So my personal opinion is I'd rather be using fractional odds, but what we're trying to do to explain it to a modern generation, the younger punter, I believe it's a lot easier to do. So, mate, the the salient point at the moment is, and it should say too, uh, we're recording this on Thursday just at lunchtime. So we're still we're, we're hopeful of having the prices out by um, tomorrow lunchtime, Friday lunchtime, I should say. And but these will be the prices that are going up, that are going to go up, give or take maybe a roll or two. But World Traveller is even money favourite at the moment. So $2 on the decimals and down the board, Practical Paulie, $4.80. So roughly around about four to one. Uh, Cupid's Girl, $4.20, a tick over three to one. Always Aware, $7, six to one. $14 for Office Etiquette, that's 13 to one. World Traveller, as I said, even money, $2 on the decimal. And My Maggie Moo down the bottom is a, is going to open up as a, as a $7 chance, six to one chance, six to one in the fractionals. So just to explain it in a really simplistic way for folks who might be completely unfamiliar with decimal odds, which is probably a big chunk of our audience, you just deduct one, you know, 2.0, yeah. even money. Um, you, you take that out, you take, you, 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 you take out two point, you subtract one from two, boom, yeah, that's, money. That's exactly it becomes right. more obvious at the bigger prices, 7.0, yeah. take off one, six Six to one. 30, so yeah, so, very easy so you, yeah. to get used to. Um, yeah, exactly. And when you see the bigger prices, people will look, probably look and go, why is it 31? Why is it 41? But because it's always – it's it's the price – the decimal odds is your price for a dollar bet. So so that's essentially – it includes your stake in the in the um, overall collect. It's simple and as that. But it, it's the easiest – fancy in the opener, Dallas. What's that? Got a fair – look, um, I think we'll be happy to take on – I mean, we, we're going to – one of the things about fixed odds is going to be that the um, 
you know, the, you, you get with the with the paramutual, you get a lot of um, lot of money that goes into it. Like people like Paco Lopez, obviously superstar jockey, but they're overbet. They their their prices start shorter than they they the emotional bets sort of thing. Like the superstar horses always overbet on the tote, all that sort of thing. So from the fixed odds thing, we have no emotion. Our emotion is trying to win money. So we will probably at the moment we're keeping it safe. I think our approach to the first race is going to be let's just set the temperature, see how it goes, but we'll take on the favourite. You know, we're not here. We're not here to do things to spiders, Peter. Uh, so we're we're here to bet. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll sort of test the water to start with. Um, but I'm pretty certain we'll um, we'll be opening the shoulders once the betting gets real in the last half an hour or so before the race, and we'll take on the favourite. But at the moment. It's going to open up at two to two dollars. So I'm I'm looking at this more from how we're going to manage the book to what I like because a lot of the time it's a it's a different philosophy. No, that's only fair, and obviously that concept of taking on, being against, letting people have a bet on this favorite, and you know risk losing money from a bookmaker point of view should the horse go on to win. Let's move on, guys, uh, to race number two. We've got eight thousand dollar claimers three and up going six furlongs on the dirt, a field of six. Give us the betting scoop here first, Dallas. Yep. Okay. So we have equal favorites. Now I know when people set a morning line, you know, one of the things that you've always told to do is you need to have a favorite over the top of it. Um, that has absolutely no relevance when it comes to setting a price. The chance of the horse is the chance of the horse and, it, and ordering it one through to eight. It's just it's got no relevance whatsoever. So we have equal favorites at $3.20. So that's nine to four. Uh, on the fractional one and two, the great Gans dancing in super bourbon or summer bourbon, I should say. Cliffy number three is four dollars eighty, so close enough to four to one. Uh, nine to two for number four, speeding kid, five dollars fifty on the decimal. Seven dollars, Bink Star and Relishment, the rank outsider at forty to one, and we'll probably start a hundred to one. Nine to four being a price that we don't really have in America. But no, okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, between, between two to one and five to two. Is, is yeah, that's right. Exactly. In the middle of two to one and five to two. There you go. I mentioned in the Monmouth ad we just read about fixed odds coming to Monmouth Park starting on opening day. Monmouth Park, New Jersey's seaside jewel of a racetrack. Great place to watch America's most famous race this Saturday while enjoying a great card of live racing as well. And for the first time in over a century, fixed odds betting powered by betmakers will be available on track at Monmouth. And soon it will be available throughout the state. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. Something we're always talking about on these shows because the odds you bet are the odds you get. Going to be hearing a lot more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In The Money Media Network. Spencer, let's bring you in from a pool betting point of view as we get to the second leg of this early double and, of course, also of the early pick five that we're promoting. Who do you like on paper? Did Dallas say any numbers that got your wagering antennae tickling there? I mean, for me, Summer Bourbon, I think, is going to be end up being the one to beat. This uh, $8,000 claimer is also a number is a one lifetime. And in one of the old books I used to read, you, if it had a condition attached to it, you kind of cut the price in half, which would make these $4,000 claimers in open level. This one just ran a really solid second against 10,000 claimers. Also did well three back against 8,000. I think the price is right at five to two. This one will probably definitely take money, but I still want one backup. Give me Bingster. I just wonder what Sammy Camacho and how well he's been doing this year, 19%. Lucas Bonney. That second last time out wasn't a slop. It wasn't Finger Lakes, but I just wonder if they're going to bring this one over. This one also didn't show speed last time, but maybe we get a little bit more of a 
closer friendly bias the opening weekend maybe this one kind of steal out of price definitely a track condition thing you're going to want to pay attention to start of a new meet different things can happen always have to to look at how the track is playing and uh we'll, well, that's definitely something that we'll 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 be paying attention to i, I imagine that's kind of a big challenge from an uh, from a betting from a bet making uh from a book making point of view dallas how do you deal with things like bias how important is it to you uh, knowing, I, I look, I, I'm a firm, a firm believer that uh, tracks play in patterns. Uh, it's knowing, knowing that before going into it, but also too is it's one of the first things you do in the earlier races is to try to try to watch the replays, work out. You know, the way that I like like to try to assess track bias is see if horses. I think your your, your best friend in that is the horses thirty to one and over. If they're suddenly they're running third, fourth, and fifth on the fence. And, you know, they're, they're overperforming. They're your best friend when trying to assess track bias in the early races. Um, I think also, too, like, I, I think if you know how a track plays, and I'm very much for thinking that most tracks have faster lanes and slower lanes generally, um, but also not overreacting to it. But that's something that we're gonna, we'll be monitoring all the way throughout the day. Um, any changes like that, any updates, obviously, that'll see the horses throughout the uh, afternoon that may or may not be um, may or not, may not be advantaged by it. But it's track bias is a huge factor, and track pattern is a huge factor in how how the 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 price fluctuations will play out throughout the day. You make a great point about using those long shots in particular to help you, because I think one of the biggest mistakes you'll see in, for example, horse racing Twitter is two horses go wire to wire to win a race uh, at the beginning of the day, and they're both five to two shots, and people start screaming bias. Well, they were five to two yeah. shots that were meant to yeah, run exactly well. right. They, they were five to two, got away with a miracle in in front and kicked away. Like, And also, too, the one thing that I always say to people about track biases as well, too, is that, you know, uh, it doesn't mean the horse can't win. It just means that it's a cup. It, you know, if it's, you know, I mean, I, I'll use Randwick in Australia as an example. There are lanes there that are six lengths faster than other lanes. But if you're if the horse is 10 lengths faster than it, it doesn't mean that that horse is going to win. You know, it's, it's basically like anything that you work out in the form. It's ticks and crosses, you know, like it's, you know, like I'll, I'll see people that it's absolutely clear bias, but then the favourite jumps to the front, the fence is off and it wins on the fence. Every said, oh, the, that, that's all crap. But it's, you know, it, it's it's just margins and how much more adv- advantageous it is in being it. So it's not an absolute, but it's definitely an advantage. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, two, two five to two favourites sit in the lead together. They go they go 12 lengths below the average for the uh, for the first sectional and kick away the turn. Yeah, okay, that was what was supposed to happen. So, All right, boys, think- let's proceed. Yeah, we've got a lot of ground to cover and not that much time to do it. The hinge of this early pick five is race number three. We've got maiden claimers at the $10,000 level going six furlongs on the dirt. Spencer, we're going to bring you back in to get your thoughts on this one. Sticking to the inside, number two, what a guy. Kelly Breen, Paco Lopez, everyone knows those connections, how well they do here. I just think when you're looking at these bottom $10,000 maiden claimers, you just kind of want to find the horses dropping in class. That seemed to make sense. This one was on the turf last time. We'll see with that big 45 buyer. Maybe that one hurts its price a little bit. But I think the races that maiden special weight were just fine. They all fit. Can't not leave this one out. And also our boy Cheekum, last time running for 20000 I just – the big improvement, if this one can take another big jump forward, this one's also 8-1 to one and can upset a horse like this, that will be – you know, two to one, three to two. I don't want to let our boy Cheekum from the inside beat me. So I will be including as a B. So two A, 
1B. All right, Dallas, give us the batting news on this one. Well, our boy Cheekham, you can have uh, 16 to 1 when it comes up, mate, or $16, I should say, 15 to 1. What a guy is the favourite at that. Uh, you're going to have to come up with a, another number for this because it's nine to four again, Pete. So it's between two to one and five to two, three dollars twenty in our language. Not a Pastino, close to pushing it for favouritism at five to two, three dollars fifty. Risk versus reward, five to one, six dollars. Uh, Don Chico and Dandeshev, uh, long prices, fifties and twenties. Seven dollars fifty for Marisco, which is thirteen to two. I don't think that's a number for you either. Uh, $13 for uh, L Mick Tyson, and then 50s and 20s for the bottom two. So it's uh, what a guy is early favorite, just ahead of not a Postino. Here is my suggestion we call those prices like nine to four and 11 to four or 13 to two, say a fat and go with the lower number. So nine to four is a fat two to one, 11 okay. to four is a fat five oh, okay. to two. Uh, you, do you like that? Can we do You want to do that? I'll, tr- I'll try and remember it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come, we can come up with something better. We're doing this on okay. the fly. Let's okay. go to race number four, boys. Race number four, we've got $7,500 claimers going a mile and 70 on the dirt. Just a six-pack. We'll throw it to you, Dallas. Um, and maybe I'll hold your feet to the fire a little bit on this one, uh, too, in terms of give us a, give us what you're thinking in terms of prices and, and let us know if you were forced to be on the other side of the counter betting the race, which direction you might want to head. Well, I can tell you exactly. Um, I, obviously, for doing something like this, there's a lot of pro- different price sources. I've got my markets, and then I, we can paint, combine it with a lot of other people's markets, and the other people's markets has a lot more factor in it than mine. But I mark Tempestuous personally a dollar eighty, so that's four to five. Um, but at the price that we'll be going up is six to or is three to two, two dollars fifty. So um, that sort of tells you my thoughts. Um, obviously, with Tempestuous. It's a tricky start here from um, from the gate to try to get across there, but only with the six runners. Um, I'm thinking Sammy Camacho can get across. Well, whether he gets across and leads or he can just zonk on the back of the leader, probably should be able to do it. I think the race probably, that's the key to the race, the first, the, the run to the bend, where he, where it can get. And if it gets in the right spot, I'm going to be very, well, if I was allowed to bet now, which I'm not, I'd be very happy being on Tempestuous. So it's uh, on the official markets. It's three to two, $2.50. Ahead of, and I'll go down the page to make it easier. Give it a go is seven to one, eight dollars. Forties for pricing exercise, five to two for Gus K, eight to one for um, Freeze Turkey, and a thin three to one for El Fantasma at three dollars eighty. How does that sound, Pete? I like it. Yeah, we can go the other way. We can go thin and say the better number. I think that uh, maybe that's the way to maybe that's the way to 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 work it in that uh, in that instance. Spencer, let's bring you back in. How are we going to get through this leg? So I decided to go with a couple of horses on the outside a horse like Gus K just coming out of the maiden races. This is a race where it's an end, not too, not where it's a two lifetime. I just want to kind of just get through a couple of maiden winners and one horse that I think, although it's had a bunch of tries at the N2 level can kind of make improvement. Uh, like I said, Gus K for me, that 47 last time out, I think fits in real well with this bunch. The other maiden winner I'm going to use is Temptetuous, as we said, you know, being the favorite Sammy Camacho, another one I'm favorite of, and had the 47 buyer as well running in that maiden 16. I'm going to try and avoid El Fantasma coming out of the $8,000 maiden races. I just think that they don't class up as well when these 16,000 winners are also in this. And I thought freeze Turkey, why not give it a shot That race three back in that 51 and 18 to one, these type of horses only kind of strike once or twice. And at 15 to one in that or 18 to one, in that race three back with that 51 buyer. I think this one has a shot. Three, six, four. Is that with those, your numbers here? Yep. Three, six and four is a B. Three, six. Okay. And the four as more 
of a backup in this uh, in this spot. All right, let's uh, let's move this on to the pay leg in this early pick five. Jersey breads three and up. Phillies and mares five and a half on the dirt. Spencer, we hit you with the key question. Come this early pick five, how are we going to get paid? Listen, I think this inside horse random luck. Having that 46 last time out, the, the buyer pars are so difficult in this race, being a 56 to a 51. Not one horse really likes to do it, so I'm trying to find horses that can at least show a little bit of value. This one hopefully stays around 3 to 1, 5 to 2. Hopefully it doesn't get absolutely crushed in the window. Had a slow pace to run at. If this one can show a little bit of speed, I think that buyer goes up a little bit and gets into that buyer par range to get the W. I thought Caliente Rum at 15 to 1 was just slowly improving. Had four straight improving buyers. This is the type of race where... Listen, not every not every horse looks good on paper. I think that at 15 to 1 in a pay leg, a lot of people are just going to try to get skinny and try and just get through with a couple favorites. I want to try and hit a little bit of a bomb here with the six. So I'm going one and six as my A's. Looking to light it up with the six. Very curious now. We can actually get. I, I love, you know, we've been having to do this for a long time, speculating. Oh, what's going to happen with the price? With fixed odds betting, we'll know. Dallas, what are we opening up? Let's start with the one random luck and the six Caliente rum, and then we'll go through the field. Well, Spencer, you ain't getting 16 to one about Caliente rum, I can assure you. It's a loose leader. I know a lot of, uh, well, looks like the loose leader on paper. A lot of the big punting houses look like that, and a lot of the big punting houses exist because they win, and I am we are not going to be doing our bottoms on a horse like that. So um, we've got it at eight to one, or seven to one at the moment. Uh, and we are keeping it very, very safe. So, um, look, I think there's like serious questions about its form, but knowing how there's knowing how people or you know what generates betting on it and knowing how good those houses are, we're going to be keeping that very safe. So, Caliente runs about a seven to ch- one chance, and, and again, the big dropping class out, out of open company with uh random luck is um, yeah, it, it's it's another thing that's going to be kept safe, but five to two is your price at the moment, three dollars fifty. Uh, going down the page, Big Lee's legacy off the turf, always hard to price. You know, um, it's yeah, they're, they're always hard. You know, you could make it favourite, you could you could make it ten to one. So it is at the moment at uh, a fat three to one. Peter four dollars twenty, uh, eight to one for She Loves Gold. Bikini Baby six dollars fifty, which is eleven to two. So that's a fat five to one. Uh, fifty to one for uh, Lassie's Notion. Caliente Rum, as I mentioned, seven to one, eight dollars. Epic Queen 15s and uh, uh, Pastino's Prophecies uh, 4 to 1 at uh, $5. I can't wait for the preview show next week when we can get into defining terms like keep them safe and doing your bottom. But we, we don't have time. <laughs> so we're just going to power on. But I can tell there's listeners out there loving it already, Dallas. Before we get out of here, we want to talk about the big one on the day. We've got a three-year-old stakes race, the Long Branch traditional prep for the uh, Haskell We've got a field of eight for this one. It goes at 542. Let's talk betting news on this one. I don't know, Spencer. I didn't prep you on this. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look. I looked at it quickly, so I can do the capping on this one if need be. But Dallas, we'll start with you and the betting as we we make history with the first uh, actual fixed odds, legal price uh rundown for a stakes race in uh, in north america in 100 years. yeah this is it's a really interesting race because uh you know the i think it goes without saying that you have the leading jockey with the hall of fame trainer 
and a short price favourite in the last. That is just betting, betting, betting. So the, our day, is, I reckon, comes down to Dean's list, you know. So I'm pretty sure everyone in the uh, rivalry room, uh, courtesy of Betmakers, is uh, going to be cheering for every other horse other than <laughs> Dean's list because I can see that is going to be a, a hairy race. So, look, um, Dean's list, we're going to go up at $2.40, so close enough to 3 to 2 a, a slightly skinny 3 to 2 Twisted Riders a 25 to 1 chance. Dash Attack, 9, uh, nine to 2 or $5.50. 3 to 1 for Fluid Situation. $9.50, uh, which is a fat 8 to 1 for uh, Benavingo. Smart and Up is $8.50, a fat 7 to 1. 20 to 1 for Buffalo. And Glider down the bottom. Uh, mixed, mixed opinions on that, but I'm getting a lot of feel for Glider, who could be the closer in the race on what looks to be a decent tempo. It's 9 to 2 at the moment, but I'm going to keep it safe as well too. So, I mean, we're going to... A lot of races as a bookmaker, whatever your opinion is, a, a lot of the time it doesn't matter. Like if we wanted to go out there and say we don't want to take a, a bet on Dean's list, it doesn't matter. And like it can be awful when you are from that position because the horse you really like, but it, it, you're just still doing it for thousands. So I, I imagine that that's what that horse is going to be bet and bet massively with the connections and everything that, you know, the fact it's the last race and people are looking to bet up to get to hopefully either get further in front or to make up their bank. Here's what I'm going to do in this race, and it's actually perfect for this show because it's a combination of pool betting and fixed odds betting, which is what I think is going to be um, the effect that fixed odds has. I, I don't think it's going to be to the exclusion of, of Toad. I, I think it'll be a rising tide lifts all ships. So for me, I'll take your 9-2 to two on Glider Dallas because I think this is the class horse of the race who I think does have a good chance to prove the best closer. Was beaten by Dean's List last time, but I think – this situation, I am hoping there's going to be enough pace to soften that one up just a little bit. But, of course, there's a very real world in which Dean's List burns off all the other speed and goes on with it. In that case, I still like Glider to pass tired rivals late. So I'll play a straight 1-8 exacta on the tote. I'll take mm -hmm. your 9-2 to Glider and the fixed odds on the win. And that's how I'm going to approach the Long Branch Stakes. Spencer, did you have a chance to take a quick look at this? Do you want to offer a thought? I didn't have a chance to look at it. I just wanted to say real quick, for me and someone who dabbled with a little bit of fixed odds, helping some people across the pond over the last couple of years, I'm super excited to see it coming to America. And just, you know, for people to finally stop saying, well, I could have had the horse at 40 to 1, but it ended up being the wise guy horse. Well, guess what? Now you can. There you go. The the what's the great little saying I read in the ad before Dallas? The odds you bet are the odds you get. And Pete, the more you put on, the more you get back. So let's get into it and let's have some fun on Saturday, mate. And of course, we got Sunday. So the dance, the dance starts on Saturday, and uh, we can't wait, mate. I love it. I love it. All right, good stuff. Let's wrap up this edition of the show, guys. We'll thank Monmouth Park again. We'll thank BetMakers again. We'll thank our fine founding partners over here, the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation and 10 Strike Racing. Of course, Spencer Luganbuehl, you get a lot more from him. You can hear the way he looks at the races in terms of uh, very good at looking at them through the lens of class. That's the type of stuff he talks about a lot over on Redboard Rewind. Dallas and I, you're going to get sick of our act. You're going to be hearing so much of us, starting with our meat preview next week. Not sure who else we'll bring on for that, but it'll be a lot of general discussion about the intricacies of Monmouth and betting Monmouth and, of course, fixed odds, uh, including some good definitions we used to do another podcast with another aussie and we called it how to speak australian this isn't how to speak australia this is how to speak bookmaker and i can't wait to, to do a whole lot more of it so dallas thank you so much for your time today thanks also to producer aj 
producer Craig, too. We've been keeping him so busy, but we got producer AJ helping us out with this show and uh, appreciate all of his efforts as well. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Cotney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos. Are you